And now this stream we is live. are live. This okay. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think, I think it's going to be good. And I think a lot of people are going to enjoy tu tuning, tuning in, tuning on in. the old YouTubes. And on that note, I'm going to say hi, everyone. I'm Josh. I'm the Sorbonne Mahale. Wow, we're just jumping right, right. We're in. jumping right into it. We still got to do the intro, intro video, but I'm just going to just, I'm Josh. Like everybody needs to know. I wish that I didn't know that information. Is that a is that an option to unknow that information? No. I am the sassy Mahale. Your Amon Khan Mahale, Daniel. Sassy but classy. <laughs> Only some days. I refuse well, to I... be classy all the time because that is too much effort. Well, I, on the other hand, put the ass and asshole, Mahal, Andrew. <laughs> Actually, I like that would be a great insult now, walking to somebody like, you know, you really put the ass and asshole. That's true. <laughs> God damn it, you put the ass in asshole. <laughs> the Supreme Leader has no butthole. He does not need one. <laughs> and now I want to watch... <laughs> now I want to watch the interview again. <laughs> well, we are the Black Tower Podcast, a Wheel of Time podcast. Unless you're unless you're an officer, then we tell you to come back with a warrant. That's true. You don't That's get to true. know our name. And on that note, let's kick off the intro. Intro. Oh, and we're back from the intro. What's up, everybody? How's our patrons Wolf doing? Wolf Brother made it. Wolf Brother made nice. it. Wolf Brother's awesome. He's in the he's in the chitty chats, howling up a storm. Chitty chitty chat chat. Yeah, that's it. Chitty chitty chat chat. All well, right, guys. Before we get too far, since we're saying hey to patrons, we have a good handful. Yes, of we do. Welcomes uh, to get. Yes, out. we do. And uh, some welcome backs. Well, at least a welcome back. Welcome Hello, back. Uh, welcome back uh, to uh, Jessica T. Thank you for coming back to the tower. We were always your home. We're just glad that you found your way back. Is that Jessica um, Squee Squee Die? Uh, because I don't divulge last names, I'm gonna say I don't know. <laughs> well, welcome back to the family. Thanks for being a part of our family here at the Black Tower. We we love having you from here. our family you to yours this holiday season. Yeah. <laughs> also, say welcome to another family member, Dan D. Welcome to the family here at the Black Tower. Dan D. Isn't that, isn't that yeah, just Dan D? Oh yeah. 
hope that you find your stay enjoyable. Don't mind the uh, guy shouting in the corner, uh, exploding rocks and drinking <laughs> that weird smelling wine. Yeah, don't do that. Or do actually do mind him right up until the point where he stops screaming and drinking the wine. Look, if he looks in your direction and gets that thousand yard stare, just don't move. Their vision is based on movement. <laughs> <laughs> Ashman vision based on movement. Yeah. We're like a yeah. T-Rex. Yeah. Which is bullshit. Oh. Ain't no T-Rex be vision like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, welcome to the rank of um, soldier, Sir Michael. That's right. Every time I see the name Michael right now, it makes me think of Sir Michael Caine. Oh, yes. Do you have my cocaine? <laughs> my favorite Alfred, watched. for sure. It was He was the best Alfred, that's for damn sure. Although, although, now his name eludes me, Christian Bale's Alfred, fuck. That's uh, Christian Bale's Ironside. Alfred no, that's Michael Caine. was no. Michael Caine. I'm sorry, Affleck's. Okay. Alfred. You had me confused for a second. I know. I'm like, sorry. Bruh. I was like, uh, I think you just watch the for other me, the, the George Clooney Batman Alfred comes in like a good second, if not third. It's third because the second is the animated Alfred. <laughs> Welcome to the Batman podcast. <laughs> Look. It depends on which arm I feel about. <laughs> this one's really time. This one has the Batman. Maybe I'm a right arm guy today. Yeah, that maybe. Maybe. What I do know is our last but certainly not least welcome goes to a brand new member of the dedicated ranks. Mattias, welcome to the ranks of the dedicated. That's right. Jeremy Irons. That's his name. I had to look him up. No, his name is Mattias. We're saying Your hello and welcome Mattias. to Mattias. Though, yes, indeed, if any of those aforementioned actors and voice actors wish to join, uh, hey. go to blackhourpod.com where you can find the link to join Patreon and it lets you listen and or watch our episodes as we record them live on normally Tuesdays around 8 p.m. Eastern, give or take um, Black Tower time adjustments, you know. Correct. Sometimes you got to take a bit of a pause because somebody blew up half the tower or something like that. <laughs> Which I'm sure that phrase is probably something that YouTube flags, but we're already not getting monetized because that's right. We're a mendicant channel, and uh, that's right. And the world is against us. The world is against you know. The more and more <laughs> I, mean, I think don't about get monetize, it's a goddamn conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. They're just these light bias against mendicant channel. Um, look, look, look. Every day, I think more and more about maybe just going up to the Great Blight. Just escaping from the world and going to thegreatblight.com. And if you are one who has watched the TV show but has not read the books, and you want to know who these characters are, and you want to know who these people are, thegreatblight.com is a place for you to go. Do not Google a character from season one and go to the wiki page. You will get spoiled. I guess if you don't care about spoilers, that's cool. But you should 
at least do your due diligence and maybe try to avoid spoilers in case one day you, you decide to pick up been... the books. Now, we did have um, uh, Everyday Negroes on a couple weeks back. Super fun group of peeps. And the mm -hmm. Geech did say that he volunteered to never read the books and to be the standard. <laughs> to be the, the, the standard TV watcher. Um, also, we do have the new Poison Checker Mahale in the Discord. Uh, who will be at the Gathering Madness? He has never read the books, but he is enjoying the TV show. So, all I'm sorry. What are books at the Black Tower? <laughs> There's books in these. <laughs> I don't even know what a book is. I've never mm -hmm. seen one of those in my life. Yeah, well, that's that'll do it. That'll happen. Well, I like the phrase, like, that'll "Oh, it's a real page turner." It's like, yes, because that's how books work. <laughs> that's that's literally what books do that's literally their function <laughs> literally <laughs> literally <laughs> it'll, it'll destroy ah. you boy not if i don't die <laughs> yes that's yes that's what's destroying me what that's what dying means. <laughs> uh, only if I die from it. Oh, God. Oh. Or, or you Thor movie that had himbo. just the right amount of humor without being ridiculous. Yeah. Ragnarok was quite ridiculous, wasn't it? I yes, like Ragnarok. It was like fun. Ragnarok. I still enjoyed it. Oh, Ragnarok um, was, is definitely my favorite Thor movie by leaps yeah. and also... Not, wait, not Ragnarok. Yeah. Sorry. Uh... The that was Infinity Wars, though. In, no. What was the last yeah, one that Taika no, Waititi did? it was not. So Ragnarok was the one that was... Well, oh, yeah, the quote, Love the and quote was from Infinity War, yeah. Love and Thunder, Thunder. Was that's the Infinity one I was going from. Yes. Yeah. But Love I know, and Thunder I was talking was about Love and Thunder being ridiculous. Oh, sure. I enjoyed it, but it was ridiculous. Yeah, yes, it was but, all right. It was far too... We tried to lean That's to that nonsensical humor. It, well, it, it was Taika Waititi. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? At the point well, that you had a sentient stormbreaker it. acting like a jealous ex love interest. I'm like, <laughs> so you went from being able to defeat the mad titan Thanos to why are you looking at him? Why are you looking at her? Why are you looking at them? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, you're the most jealous girl I know. You know other girls. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and, and I know the scene is in Infinity. Oh my God! Wolf Brothers like backing you up hard and comment. I wasn't arguing. I know. Peter Dinklage was gigantic, and it was awesome. Um, yes. but this is a Wheel of Time podcast. We're here to talk about things about the Wheel of Time. And uh, you know what? What better uh day to talk about? The wheel of time than today i can't think of a better day to talk about the wheel of time than today can you nope any day that ends with y is good with exactly you. yeah exactly today is the first day of the rest of the days yeah that is therefore true. i'm today excited is a great day to talk about the days and also the wheel of time i have reached <laughs> another level of both man and old I have always wanted a recliner. I have never had 
a recliner to myself, my own oh, recliner. Snap. And come Thursday, just in time for the season two finale for Wheel of Time, I will finally, after 30 years that I somehow survived on this earth, have my own recliner. 30 I, years. I am so happy for you. I am, dude. Few things awesome. are better than a good recliner. Bro, I'm so old. Like, boy. here recently, other than I'm like, old time stuff, are you? The most, th- the things I've gotten the most excited about within the last like month have been um, new containers that I bought to store uh, brown sugar and coffee grounds separately, of course, uh, because like they have the little push button top that like you push and it like airtight seals it. Oh, nice. Um, so there's that, um, a spice rack. So I no longer have to do like the typical bachelor thing of like just picking up spice bottles from the cabinet <laughs> to find the one I need. Now these have them like on the lid so I can just hey, look grab and go. I don't know why you got to attack me like that. Okay. <laughs> and, and now the recliner and I'm sitting there like also in the back of my brain, as I'm excited about all these things, look, watching Amazon to see when my spice rack gets here going yeah no i'm still young i'm still young i got plenty of time left and i'm sitting here like you're literally excited about getting a spice rack (laughs) perfect i love it so much right i love it good job the little andrew proud of you um i was just gonna say somebody out there uh, now is like who doesn't have a spice rack at all like that's crazy you're so late some OCD people out there being like, what? But this is the Wheel of Time podcast. We talk about Wheel of Time things. Um, oh, yeah, I do have Seeing as how season two is wrapping up. It means I can thought it would air be out my testiculars at the screen. Perfect. Kind of a fun little, uh, kind of a fun time to, to recap season two and see where we're at, see how we feel. Right? Is it? Is that? Did I get that right? We're we doing that. Is that what we're doing? Mm-hmm. That is what we're doing. Which works out because um, through just being tired and getting busy, I did not actually watch episode seven until yesterday. <gasps> oh, oh. I was about to say maybe we have to like call an audible. We can't not. We can't do that. Yeah. No. 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 Like I had to avoid like the notifications for part of the Discord and just everything else but you know but you're here now but you're you're here now yeah the the thing has happened you have done you're here you're there you're every fucking every fucking where roy kent let's change it to andrew that is i heard that but it's not the worst thing that starts with the cuss sound we don't have a spoiler for the TV show, right? Our patrons need to get on that. Maybe record a... Because uh, that's one of our benefits. You get to record a spoiler warning for us that we will use on our show and give you all the mad street cred and be like, what's up, dude? You're cool. So I'm just saying maybe you, y'all should... Well, I feel like it would change every week, though. Like, we'd only, we only would have spoiler warnings that are like for oh, okay this goes all the way through episode or it's you know season one and then we'd have to have a new one made for once season two's out because then it would be like ah oh, the season two and maybe then... maybe we're just recapping i don't know it's gonna be great I because know. i broke out my talk around riyadh 
mug. Ooh. All right, then. I'm hoping that uh, by drinking out of this, in addition to taint, I absorb some level of expert analysis of uh, televised media. Yeah, their their expert analysis is that good. So, all right. I mean, most people can only tell Iran Riyadh. They get to talk Iran Riyadh. That's true. That's true. Eat your heart out, Lanfear. I said what I said. Speaking of, uh, I'll oh, take, she's going to eat somebody's heart out. I'll take best outfit in season two thus far. For oh yeah, thousand Alex. Um, in two two outfits, best two outfits. I would agree, but the 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 white outfit stuck out uh, stuck out a lot more to me. It's like the white the, album. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. I loved it. I get it. I love it. I love it too. Uh, no, she. I will. I will say she, though, uh, the biggest thing I'm not a fan of does so far in season two does happen in this episode. So we'll get there. <sighs> Dude, episode seven is my least favorite so far. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm sorry. She's the, she's the White Ranger. <laughs> the White Ranger. And then he comes with the wine in the pantsuit. <laughs> she got the power pantsuit. The one power pantsuit. All right, suit. so while we're on the subject. <laughs> the Clintons, when they find out you have evidence against them, it's just land fear walking through the poor gate. <laughs> Now here's the hoping I don't disappear in the next couple weeks. I, I was about to say, I just thought of a really great joke, but we're not going there right now. Okay, Daniel, what were you going to say, buddy? I was just going to say, how are we feeling about the the season so far? What are we? What are our thoughts? What are? What is your thought on see on episode seven? Oh, I know that a couple of thoughts have already been thrown around, but you know, give me your whole take on episode seven, episode six. And episodes one through five of season two, like <laughs> in that talk. order. Well, the seven is the new one. Six is still relatively fresh. All the other ones we've already talked about. Right, 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 right. Yes, seven so, is that new, new, that new, new. Um, look. First and foremost, I will say this: overall, as a TV show, season two is an improvement over season one, and I, I think, I think everybody can agree on that um season two is for the most part much more cohesive it's got a lot more source material adaptation to it than season one did i think um and what is not adaptation what is bits that they put in to try and steer i'm kind of saying they did as a course correction because you know they had season one issues and so now they're trying to course crack get back on track and that's what it feels like to me and i think they're doing a good job i think they're on the right track i think season two is on the right track as uh you know mcfoley would say you gotta get back on the right track Andrew? Uh, 
No, I, I like it. Um, it's very dubious about how what the future will of the Wheel of Time TV show looked like following uh, season one, which was not, uh, as we've talked about many times, not entirely the fault of any of the the actors, the cast, the writers. Right. Um, well, right. One you know, of there were certain things that yeah. <laughs> one of yeah. yeah well. Did we ever find Look. out why? I know we heard the speculation nope. that it turned out like that was... We haven't actually heard it. The, the only word that was ever given was Barney Harris made a statement that it was that he had left for deeply personal reasons. And that was it. That's the oh. only... So that's that's what we got. But, and, that, and that's fine. Anyway, you know what? Sometimes it'd be like that. And that's sometimes fine. Sometimes it'd be but, like that. I mean, so I feel like season two... Um, is doing a much better job at encompassing the spirit of the Wheel of Time. And the callbacks to the source material, those like kind of like really important moments that we love as readers, I feel like more of those have been very openly and directly expressed in season two, whereas in season one, they were a lot milder um, for the most part. They were a lot more subtle or, you know, they were, they were kind of drawn out or they were like little things that like we thought were cool. But, um, you know, I think about the most, one of the most like in your face things from season one, that like they included, it's a book thing, uh, is, you know, the dragon's fang. Um, though they didn't really explain it at the time. You just got the idea that, Hey, you see this, it's not something good. Um, try Um, but it was still like nice to see. But you know, in this one, um, like uh, the, the cold open for for season seven, uh, season seven, shit, episode seven. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure the cold open for season seven is going to be fucking dope too. I, I was about I to say, so. have you already seen it? Has Basil uh, yeah, showed dude. it to you, bro? We were on set. What are you talking about? Shh. <laughs> <laughs> for season seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were like, they were looking at like what what everybody has us drink at the Gathering Madison. They're like, look, we better record now, or these guys aren't gonna fucking survive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, Ooh. but yeah, no, for, that's what it, that was my first thought whenever I watched uh, episode seven. Um, and we got to see uh, Guitara, and I'm just like. Mm. This is the kind of callback shit that that us book nerds lose our minds over. Um, so I, I it's uh, it's reinstilled the amount of hope that I had for the TV show early season one and before season one came out. Um, not that I really lost that much hope because you know it's like COVID can't be a thing forever. Um, True, yeah. despite its best efforts to try. And, and there's only so much shade you can throw at a production company for not physically being able to work because of Challenges. a global illness. Like, it, I mean, we've given them their leniency. We've recognized and acknowledged the mistakes of season one. Even the actors have acknowledged the mistakes of season one. And a lot of them were largely due to COVID. I sat Rafe down and actors. I said, look, you disappointed me once. It's not going to happen again. <laughs> it's going to be the greatest wheel of time ever. Do not make me slap you with my tiny hands. 
What about you, Daniel? What's your overall thoughts so far of season two? So I am certainly not going to say that it's perfect by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. It is not. Uh, especially because they do actually have a lot to come back from from Matt's storyline. That is the one that has been mangled the most because of things, uh, as have already been mentioned, so I will not sort of re go over those. Right, right, right. But I want to talk about one scene really quick. Not really quick. We're going to go kind of deep. But I want to talk about one scene that just encapsulates how frustrated I am with our fan base. Okay. As book readers. I'm so excited. And how, while the TV show, as I said, is not perfect and is not always getting everything right and is definitely making some interesting choices about certain things, how season two is absolutely sticking with the spirit of the book, and it pisses me off so badly that some people are so mad at it. So, there are three things that happen in this episode, and two of them happen in the exact same scene. And that is when Rand meets the Amarillan Sea. Uh-huh. Yep. That's the sigh I was looking for because I knew that someone was sitting there being like, I hated that scene and blah, 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 blah. I, I, I didn't hate yep. the scene, but I had one problem get... with it. Give me a second. All right. So before yep. we go into that scene, what does Lan say? Although there's one rule to being First a man. Rule of being it comes, a man. you must face it on your feet. Yep. Right. Have either of you recently gone back and reread that scene? Trick question. We had it read to us at WatCon relatively recently. Right. Mm. Guess so July, how many yes. times Rand is knocked to his uh, to his knees in that oh, scene yeah. in the books? Oh yeah. Knocked to his knees or falls to his knees? Uh, okay. Knocked to his knees in the way of some statement that gets said knocks him to his knees. Not physically right. with the power like it happens in the scene in the in the mood or in the TV show. But how many times does Rand end up on his knees in that scene? I'm not entirely sure, but it's been a while. I want to say I know three times. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, more than three times in the scene. And granted, yes, he absolutely gets up every time. And he does think about what Lan told him. And he does sort of have that moment where he does overcome himself every single one of those times. But people standing there being like, why would they put that line in when Lan is like, face it on your feet, boy, and blah, blah. Bro, even in the books, he doesn't actually face the entire scene on his feet. Absolutely true. So, if you want to go well, it's, ahead it's and like a call to that still innocent. for ending up having Rand be on his knees for parts of the scene, you are mad at Robert Jordan. You are not way, actually guys. mad at the show, necessarily. You right. are mad at Robert Jordan. Oh, and wait, that let, me, is let me pull the mic close for this one. Bullshit. <laughs> There's a fucking point to Land saying a man must face it on his, knee, on his feet and Rand falling to or being knocked to his knees. He's not mature yet. 
It's a call yes. to his innocence and childlike status. Thank That's you. Why. Thank you it very much. Yes. I, I, I had zero that, problems. That's not that. I love that. That's attitude that brought to you it. by the intellect inspired by Talkaron Riyadh. Hey. They're no, not I say, but... again, there are a handful of problems with that scene if you are using the mechanics from the book. Uh, there is one point at which Rand is holding the power and Suan Sanchez should not actually be able to shield him while he is holding onto the power by herself. We all know that. We are absolutely aware that book mechanics make that not true. There are problems, quote unquote, with that scene if you are putting in book mechanics. But the other thing that happens in that scene that everybody's always like, or that, that I've not always, that I've now seen a number of times people being complaining about from the books and whatnot is the line of, this would be so much easier if you had been a girl. <laughs> so that's such a good line. That's such a good it's line. in the books. She <laughs> says that out loud to Rand in that scene. It is a quote yep. pulled from the from scene. the book from I mean, the regardless book for female chandlers it's just a simply factual statement also it doesn't accurate. it doesn't matter if it stem if you think it stems from the fact that the show is going with the the dragon reborn can be male or female and they're kind of mer maybe well no they're not because they're ca they cast somebody to play Amarasu, which so yeah. we're presumably going to see Amarasu, i think season three um either way doesn't matter like it, no matter what, it's still a factual thing. Like I think even Maureen says it uh, at a point because more because uh, Rand's oh, like, at Maureen, least, please yeah. teach me, and she's like, I could, if you were woman, but you're not. Yeah, so I cannot. <laughs> you are not Dude. woman. I cannot teach All you. Right, my and the secrets. last thing, and the last thing that just is driving me absolutely nuts about like reading Reddit <laughs> and things like that about this. this well, there's your problem to start with. Yeah, there's, I, there's I know, your problem right there. I know, but it. It's also in our Discord that they're being brought up. They're just being gone more into on Reddit. So it's not just there. It's just okay. making me want to beat my head against a wall for some of those things for Reddit. But all right, all right, all right. later on in the in the show, in the episode, Lan walks into a situation and acts like he knows what he's doing and has put some stuff together off screen. And figures it out and kind of just goes, make it happen, bro. Do you understand uh, how many times in these books someone does figuring a bunch of shit out off screen? How many times they walk into a situation going, I need to exude confidence about what I'm about to say, even though I have no goddamn idea what it is that I'm saying. And how many times that person just goes, need need is what guides us which granted lan never says that line and maybe that's what the book readers fucking needed <laughs> but like seriously needed mm -hmm. but the fact that lan walks into that situation having figured out a bunch of stuff this entire season and that is effectively lan's come to jesus moment for the season where he goes Everything about my sad puppy dog fate like arc 
in season two has now come to a head and I have figured out all of the reasons why nothing's right and why I'm so mad about nothing being right. And he goes, I figured it all out. Let me explain it to you. And people were like, why does Lan know so much? He does. He wouldn't have figured. Like, shut the actual fuck up. <laughs> that is the entire purpose of that scene. These are the same people who absolutely think that Min is a lamp and that Nynaeve and Rand just figured it out as they were cleansing Sidene. Neither of those things are true, and you can go fuck yourselves. You included, yeah. Josh. If you are in I will camp, agree with you your statement. I will agree with your statement that Min is not a lamp. And I will agree Josh with your statement that Rand and Nynaeve were not figuring it out as they went along. Okay. Those two are absolutely factual statements. Great. All right. Here's cool. my problem. My other my other statement is also then true. Let me get... <laughs> no. Here's my problem with land coming in clutch with the Hail Mary Deus Ex Machina. What land has spent Machina? this is land has spent this entire season literally doing nothing but moping. When was he supposed to have figured all that out? Now you're gonna During say off screen. Moping, Josh. Cool. No, 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 no. He yes. moped. That's all he did. He peed on trees. He cried to Ivan and Maxim. He lied and protected Moraine for some reason. And that was it. That's all he did. He didn't do anything. Now, if if you... you had given me 10 seconds of what's Lan doing? Ah, oh, he's in the library rooting through books again. Oh, that poor guy. We should get him drunk. If you had given me one little bit of lip service at any time during the season, what was he supposed to I could have swallowed book, that Josh. a what little was, bit better. What in the conclusions that he made was he supposed to have learned? Okay, you could have changed the line. I heard in a story once to... I found a book at Varen and Adelaus's that explained a similar situation, and I think this might be the case. Can we please just explore it? That would have been so much better. But okay. I heard Bye. this thing from this guy once who said that it might be this. Oh, did you now? Cool. Great. Awesome. I don't think and it's that big of a of a leap for Lynn I was, to do this because yeah. The, 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 all right, so the figuring it out thing, the there's so on not on the part of being able to tie off weaves, but on the fact that a male Chandler could potentially see the, the weaves on Maureen. There's nothing to really fucking figure out there. You go to Logan, and Logan's like, no Yeah, problem I can with see, that I can all. see stuff no on her. No problem with Lando's, that at all, huh? He could channel power, uh, Sidene. Who's the one other individual in all of creation that I know that can channel Sidene? Let me think about it. Oh, yeah. The fucking farm boy that I've been around all last season but haven't seen this season yet. That yep. part, there, there's no real big no. jump there. Absolutely. Now, and the, it would make sense that someone like, who loved Moraine so much would go to Loghain and say, help. Yeah, makes sense. So, I'm but as you. for the tying off thing, it 
it does require a little bit of extrapolation, but it's not beyond any more beyond a sense of like plausibility than anything men figures out. Because at this point, land has been Moraine's water order for like what, like almost 20 years mm-hmm. traveling with her, yep. learning the histories. Because if you think Moraine's not trying to look into all the history she can, especially of, I don't know, the age of legends, the last time the dragon was alive. Sure. Like she's definitely going to. And so land's been around that for 20 years. There's definitely been conversations about. I wish that we could rediscover how to do things they did then, or hey, it was a rumor they could do this, and it was so wonderful. And Lan has a memory like a steel tray. He has a memory to make an elephant jealous. Sure. Absolutely. So it does take a little bit of like extrapolation from the situation of his life for the past 20 or so years. Uh, but I think it's fully in line with something we could expect Lan to figure out. Especially being like the one plus one equals two mentality kind of guy that he is. Okay, let me ask you this question then. Let me ask you and 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 just give it to me. Like you're you you play Dungeons and Dragons, so you know the Mm -hmm. difference between player knowledge and character knowledge. Great. Yep. As a person who has read the books and who has a very intimate understanding of who Lan is and what his moral character is. Mm-hmm. He is your explanation just now in any way rooted in who we know Lan to be in the books. Yes. Yes. Then you're, you're gone because as from a TV show perspective, if I am watching the TV show, from a TV show lens, wanting a good, cohesive, coherent story, I need oh. to understand why Lan is able to figure these things out when he spent the entire season moping. Okay, so actually, here, Josh, let me let me re let me rebring this back to my point. Okay, and 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 understand sort of where we got a little a little sidetracked here. For the show, this is absolutely hand-wavy. I get that. I appreciate that. I'm not saying that all of the pieces aren't there, because I do actually think that all of the pieces are there in the show. But it's wide. And you have to go in the show wide to find them. And it's easier to put pieces together if you know the books than it is for the TV show. But I don't think they don't exist in the TV show. But again, you have to read between the lines. Sure. And that is what I'm talking about. Doesn't Loghain tell him that he sees weaves on Moraine, but there's nothing being fed into them? Yes. So the only only part of assumption or extrapolation I think you have to make is that at some point in Land's 20 years or so, as Moraine's water in the White Tower, not, not even including his time prior to that training at the White Tower to be a warder, he has to have at some point heard, read, or seen Tale of the Legend of being able to tie off weaves. Sure. And if, sure. Absolutely. And if you give him that, then whenever he goes, okay, 
Logan can see the weaves on her and says that they're on her, but there's nothing okay. being fed into her. What in my history of learning or hearing about sure. stuff ties into sure. that? Let's take it a step back, though. Go Why for it. does he even want to ask Logan that question? What do because he's trying to that? help Moraine? Because he goes to Moraine and he says, yes. "Did you ever want to kill yourself?" Uh huh. And she says, "No, not even once." And, and Lan says, "But that's realizes weird. that she's not stilled," which is a leap because she has spent the entire season lying to him, shutting him out, and putting pushing him away. Why does what he lie? think all of a sudden now that she's? Uh, well, he already he never thought she was fully stilled. Because if she was fully stilled, and, like he his mind is going, okay, the bond is still there. She's masking yep. it, but it's still there. Yep. I guess I guess we can chalk this up to just book mechanics and TV mechanics are different. But which I, they said as, would as be the why, case. As to why. Like again, this is also land that is familiar with Moraine's tactics and motives to an extent, at least. Mm-hmm. And sure. the going to Logan about it, one anything land is doing where he's actually finally doing something other than moping around and pissing on a tree, he's doing because <laughs> Moraine is not okay. And as long as Moraine mm-hmm. is not okay, land is not okay, masked mm-hmm. bond or not. So he's going to do like he has done for 20 years and do anything he can to try to help his eyes to die especially now that she's being bullheaded and stubborn and trying to push him away. He's well, also going to look I and mean, be aware is... of the fact that she's the one responsible for Logan's move from Tarvalon to Kyrian with Rand being there. And he's going to, okay, there has to be a reason that she moved him here, whether it's to train Rand or whatever. There's also a sure. good chance that that means that she's been to see Logan, And as... The person that cut her off was a man that could use Sidene. Let me go talk to this man who can use Sidene and see if he has sure. any mm-hmm. potential insights into anything that may have happened. Yep. And taunt him with what was apparently a key. And the first time I saw it, I thought it was a fucking coin with a hole in the middle. I was like, what is that? That's what I thought. And they said key. And I was like, oh. Oh, no, it's definitely a key. Sorry. Yeah. It, it, you know, but um, that, that's yeah. my yeah. thought no, process yeah. for it. No. So. I get it. I get it. I hear okay. it. And, and let if me we're clear, supposed Josh, to think that Lan just wakes up one day and he's like, okay, no, I've got to get my head back in the game. It, it shit is too uh, important right now. I've got to get my head back in the game. Okay, cool. But I just. Well, I mean, anyway, okay. We kind of get the indication let me that he ask is you also still question, looking Josh. for solutions because he sneaks around and fucking. Um, Fucking uh, pickpockets her the the note yeah, yeah the note with mm-hmm. the dark prophecy, so it's yeah. I think there's there's very small breadcrumbs that I I I think I would kind of agree that it seems like the background effort that he's doing and the little hints we do maybe don't seem to equate the effort to counteract how mopey he is, but I think well, like his mopiness is also like part of the driving factor to why he's doing all this in the background because he's like. I am the last Malkiri. I don't like yeah. being the emo boy. Well, also, so, okay, one of the Even things that I actually want to go for here is, <laughs> yes, we are very sad to a certain extent that Lan has been inactive this season. Partially because we fucking love Lan. 
overall. Yes. And that's mainly mainly for the points. Number two, (laughs) Motherfucker (laughs) lost us two points last episode. Now, Fantasy League. Fantasy League is life. It is. Um, But again, what (laughs) is Lan's motivation? What has Lan always done? What does Lan do best? Lan walks in and is a man of action. Kills Shadow Spawn and chews bubblegum. And this whole season, he has not had very much Shadow Spawn to kill. So he sits there and chews bubblegum while he tries to figure (laughs) out what Maureen's doing, how she's doing it, and how he can help. And she's standing there normally being able to say, okay, well, we are, we're in this together. I do the thinking, you do the fighting. But like, we also do a certain amount of you do the thinking, I do the fighting. But again, right now, she's sitting there doing the thinking and doing no fighting because she has her toolkit removed from her. So Lan is also standing there being like, I don't have shit to do either because I want to be around you. I want to help what you're doing. I believe in your cause. I always have. That's why I'm fucking here. Right. That's why right. I took your bond. And Moraine is being a mopey little asshole because she can't feel the power. She, oh my God, she is. <laughs> I just had the image of like a droopy asshole. I disagree the with the unnecessarily. You're saying unnecessarily, but I think that Moraine is absolutely being the one of the least mopey assholes well, so, of anyone in history who's ever been stilled adjacent or stilled. So th- this might help. But with again, the... she's standing there doing thinking exercises, not actually running around fighting Trollocs and doing stuff like that. And Lan is sitting there being like, want to fucking slap a Trolloc in the face, like make this happen. Like he merged <laughs> to Merdral as soon as the opportunity presents itself. Which is also another good callback to the books because. <laughs> The foretelling of Lan's skill was that he was skilled enough to take on two Murdral by himself and mm-hmm. come out on top. Yep. Yes, Which he yep. does. It's only Which pesky number three. Well, technically mm-hmm. pesky number four that kind yeah. of uh, decides to sabotage our fantasy points. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so dumb. talking about this whole scene, <laughs> my my biggest complaint with this scene is how what has been a thorn in Moraine's side and a big point of conflict and concern for us as the viewers, how vomity it was resolved. Because it was problem from season one, episode eight, all Mm -hmm. the way through the majority of episode seven, no fucking actual conversation about it to even potentially point to the direct issue being resolved all the way up through until we get into episode seven. And then it's like, okay, now bleh, solution. And By the way, the solution, I figured it, here you go. Bye. And then the solution, like the, the only amount of anti to the solution being potentially dangerous or not working is I've never done it before. It's like, well, yeah, we just got done with the whole scene of you being told that, like, the biggest problem with you is that you haven't channeled. You have no clue what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we, we already got that. <laughs> I I don't. It's, it's one of those things, like, 
the problem built for so much of a payoff and it built for there to be this big effort to resolve what is now a handicapped moraine a grossly handicapped moraine mm-hmm. right and the solution is just kind of like Bleh. it's like it's like and, coming and, with uh, half a stiffy it's just fucking depressing that and like, that's that's where see, i'm coming from though and that's Give me I, I something that says that they're even moving towards that solution. All of a sudden, episode seven. I think that they by the way, entirety of episode it, seven it, doing that. It keeps it keeps the most. So there's a lot of stuff in the books that Robert Jordan does where we don't see people working towards the solution until the solution happens, and then looking back, we can see the steps. And mm-hmm. I think in that spirit, they keep that part of the spirit in the TV mm-hmm. show. My thing is that for as big of an issue as it was, as detrimental as Moraine being completely unable to channel, I didn't expect her to be able to channel again in season two. I expected at least season three, if not later, at best. Sure. I hear that. Um, So I'm fine with there not being like glaring direct things to it. But if you're going to have the one of the major conflict points of season two be resolved in an episode, why is the resolution of it so incredibly, to me, lackluster? Rand pokes well, it and with that's... a fancy little weave of fire and, uh, I think, spirit, spirit. maybe air. Because it was well, kind of yellowy. So, uh, okay, yeah, so the tape maybe was making it look a little yellowy, I guess, you know. Well, <laughs> no, the tape the <laughs> has been all the black on word. it. I think it's fire and spirit. Yeah. Most. Um so he he does this and he pokes at it. Now, one thing I will give to to Josh about that doesn't I think make sense with Lan is his seeming knowledge of how to deal with tide weaves. It's too intricate for you to untie. You've got to cut through it. Cuz I think in the books cutting through a tide off weave like cutting the knot generally resulted in like some kind of adverse like event didn't it like it had no. the chance of like rebounding no, and it was up. trying no. to untie uh un, it was it trying, to gateways, trying to unweave and then letting go of t- like yeah. not okay actually so it was only the unweaving untying not the, it not yeah if you the, if you slice a weave not. i i will say i will say in the books um i don't know offhand if there's any instances in which someone sliced a tied off weave we do get lots of instances of people in duels slicing half formed weaves yes yeah. i agree so with that, that demon. yeah okay fair enough fair enough but that part i don't i don't understand why land would have that much of a knowledge or insight into it again well, all the same points i made that, for him to have an idea of it it could equally be made to why he could have ideas of how to deal with it that was part it could also be him simply say. going i'm malkiri i'm thinking of a knot in a rope there's two ways to deal with a knot in a rope you either <laughs> cut it the fuck out or you untie it okay and you're talking about untying something that is uh physically or directly affecting my charged eyes to die's ability to channel. I don't want you fucking around trying to untie something that could have disastrous effects. I maybe uh, okay. Let me let me but we just let the, me... the resolution of the problem didn't live up to the ante that the presence of the problem had set. So let I me... appreciate what you're saying, but I want to jump in here real quick. I'm I'm just gonna say one statement and, and it's not even gonna be terribly controversial, but Andrew, I feel you. And and definitely I would have liked to see a little bit more climax 
mm-hmm. with that particular problem. I really would have. I'm not going to disagree with that at all. But I will also say, I feel like there's an underlying gravitas to it. Even just in that moment of more rain. This is the season or book two and book three arc of more rain coming to understand that she cannot bully rain. That she mm-hmm. cannot just tell Rand what to do and where to go. and w- Because in the end, A, he's Taviran, and that's going to backfire on her at some point anyway. So bad idea in the first place. But also, like, legitimately, when he is the shepherd farm boy leaving the two rivers, absolutely, you need to give him some direction because he has no fucking clue what he's doing in anything in the entire world. Mm. But once he actually leaves and he experiences things and you shove a lot of the world down his throat, he is now going to become a man. And granted, yes, we didn't get the actual montage or the, you know, whatever of Lan really giving these lessons to Rand. And I wish that we had. I really do. It's one of the things we didn't get our that I missed the most from the TV show Especially because, again, I feel like that was one of the things that they could have done so much better without COVID. If COVID they might going forward, because now now they Land might. has a reason to owe Rand. They absolutely might, but again, it's this sort of moment of Moraine realizing how much Rand is different from who he was, and going, "I need to be here to help him, but I need to be here to help Rand." I need to trust his instincts to a certain degree and allow him to do what he needs to do. Because in the end, I'm the seeker who finds the dragon reborn and helps him not step in bear traps. But I'm not the goddamn dragon reborn. He is. Like, this motherfucker needs to do a certain amount of on his own. And so again, Mm. it was not as much as I wanted. It really wasn't. I'm not going to say that ever. But that moment where Rosamond Pike looks at Yosha Stradowski, that Moraine looks at Rand and she says, you know what? You don't actually have any idea what you're doing. But A, I need this. And B, you need to figure this out. Yeah. I trust you. I mean, I... I, I feel like Rand needed that so much in that moment. And that is what that scene gave us. Mm-hmm. And also, again, the fact that Lan has spent the last season being kind of a wet blanket. But at the same time, he hasn't. That The audience has thought that he's been a wet blanket the whole time. When he really hasn't been nearly as much of a wet blanket as we've given him credit for. Which, again, is sort of the idea of Min being a lamp. If you think she's a lamp, you are not reading between the lines of seeing just how much she actually is doing, just like TV show land to me, and granted again, this is opinion, and I appreciate that, and I get that, this is not objectively true, but to me, it's the land shows, takes this opportunity to show you that while you thought he was moping around the whole time, and while the audience thought that he was going ahead and just being a kicked little puppy, Lan has actually spent this entire season sitting there being smart. And being frustrated, of course. 
that's not not true. Being frustrated, being sad, being disappointed in things that he's being told and places that he needs to go. But at the same time, doing what he can. And in the end, he is the one who pays off. So, he is the one who actually gets things done. I I like it. And I, I appreciate this nice, like, soft moment between Maureen and Rand. Let mm-hmm. me propose to you uh, this. I do rewrite... not accept, unfortunately. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. I accept your reality and substitute my own. So, uh, no, 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 no. I accept your rewrite. I just don't accept your proposal. Sorry. <laughs> I probably spoken for. Let me offer to you this uh, this mental rewrite of the way the scene plays out. Okay. Um, I'm down. So they still get the map. They still go to the point of the way gate with the intent uh, for Moraine that Rand will have to open the way gate and she will somehow have to talk him through it. Copy. They arrive and they're talking through Rand, uh, talking Rand through this or trying to. He realizes he can't do it. We get the whole uh, reveal thing with Lan or the extrapolation of, hey, maybe you can free Moraine from what's going on. Maybe she's just shielded. Rand looks, sees that she is, and then goes to unshield her. And that is when Suwon shows up. Okay. Her appearance causes them to stop doing that. She sees the way gate. She sees what they're doing. She sees that they're going to try to get away. She moves to, um, like she did, she goes to shield Ran and goes to do something, and Moraine stands in the way. We could even still have her command Moraine to kneel and surrender, you know, to basically get out of the way to get that whole I can command you through the Oathra thing, mm-hmm. um, which personally... I like because I'm as much against the Oathrod as I am the Adam, and I feel like mm-hmm. I've seen this a lot to liken the Oathrod and the Adam. Um, mm-hmm. Preach. Yeah. Um, so we could still have that. And then while this is going on, just like in what we already saw, Landfear appears. So now you have an immediate critical concern. And Landfear begins to lash out like she does. And she, you know, knocks the shit out of Suwon, which then frees Ran. And she turns on Moraine mm-hmm. and goes to fight Moraine. Lan runs in to, to intercede. So basically, they're all struggling. And it's, they're obviously all getting their ass whooped because Ran doesn't know what he's doing. And in the midst of this conflict of them all fighting and clearly outmatched, that's when. He reaches out in desperation and undoes the shield or cuts through the tied off shield on Moraine and the ability for Moraine to now channel and ran to channel gives him a bit of an equal footing to mm. tie land fear down to a stand steel thing where they can leave. That also being said, I don't know where they're going with it. I'll reserve my judgment for after the season finale. Right now, Same. the fact that after preaching about the Forsaken, don't go around the Forsaken. Oh, it's a Forsaken. Well, yeah, we'll just follow no, it. A buddy trip with the Forsaken through. The- but up, up until that point, because I can't find a way to really tie the scene into that with my rewrite, I think that way, having Rand reach out and do this thing for the first time in a moment of desperation because they're losing or they're not going to get their way or everybody's against them, I think would carry with it for me enough gravitas to pay off for the amount of buildup as a, for a problem for them that it has been. Um, I, I think so, that would work out. 
I want to so throw out me... a, a a super mild change to that rewrite. I I'm solidly mm-hmm. down. I actually kind of like that. But I would one of the things that I actually kind of love in what you said there, and one of the other things that I would love to see that we didn't see is I'm actually okay with the order to a certain extent. Rand frees Moraine before Suan shows up. But I would have loved to see Moraine stand between Suan and Rand and stop Suan from shielding him. And then we get the payoff later, like moments later, where Lanfear shows up and goes after Moraine and Rand stands in front of her and goes, I, no. I like it. That I was one of my initial that. thoughts, but I couldn't <laughs> figure out how Moraine would actually stop Suan. Yeah, from without the power. Yeah, but that okay. yes, that I love. Um, I, but I, anyway, Joshko, and then I want to talk about my problem with Suan. They Please they do. buried they buried something so painfully in this scene. Which thing? It hurts me to my core. Rand my should never have been the one to sever that weave. Why? Period. End of story. Okay. And the I'm reason is that intense. <laughs> we get Suwan, who is literally introduced to us as someone with a talent for untying knots. How fucking powerful would it have been to have Suwan bust in, pissed off? Rand channeling to try and cut that knot. Can't do it. Moraine tearfully begging her, please, I might not be stilled. Rand and Suan working together to see the knot, or maybe Rand is describing it to her so she can untie it. Lanfear comes out, busts a cap in Suan's ass. You can still have the stupid forsaken buddy trip through the ways, but changing the dynamic in that scene, it is a stupid thing. I do not I like don't it. agree. So quick quick interruption I, I because I just again I hear together. you, I appreciate where you're coming from, but I actually really appreciate what they're Blech. doing with Landfair's character in the show because she spends so <laughs> much time in the books going Andrew's against the pop. dark one and trying to help and guide and do things for Rand. But it's always very infantile in the books. And now it actually feels like it's a thing in the show. Andrew, go. Um, this was just a quick thought. This isn't my problem with Suwon. It's actually, I think, sure. I think that's really cool about Suwon. And I'm sure everybody else has already noticed it and pointed it out. Her fucking air spiky things that pop up behind Bruh. her form the rays of the symbol of Kyrian where her love yeah. is from. Yes. And that is her first uh, go-to when a Forsaken which is, shows up to threaten them. Let I, me I, clear, I think that ties in, and I think it's lovely. I like that tie-in, and don't get me wrong, I feel it. and you, uh, But I feel like it has to go one more layer. I, I can appreciate it as far as what you're saying, but I will say it's also like the crown that she wears as the Amrlin seat. Fair enough. Which and is so good, again, 
They they the, complement each the other. The crown that she makes, or like <laughs> she could sort of she's a dilophosaurus hat, if you will, or whatever, based on it being Karin and her like own crown of souls. Of Karin. <laughs> and I love that. I I'm super down with that thought. But I will say, I, it feels m- to me more like she makes that as her go-to because it's the hat that she wears. Yeah. I want the hat to be because of Moraine. But maybe the like, hat this, is this, designed this, that this way. This is the hat that I wear. Go fuck yourself. So, all right, my my issue with Suwon, uh, yes, and how they've done in the TV show. So, the Suwon we're seeing now to me is the exact same Suwon that I was so cautious of when we first met her when she was addressing um, Loghain and everybody in season one. This okay. absolute, unwavering, tyrannical, do not bend with the waves or the wind, mm-hmm. steadfast tower. Uh, yep. Which is still, don't be wrong, as she's an absolute badass and she deserves it. I love, I, Sophie is fucking not nailing it. What I don't yep. like is whether... And what I believe they're doing is just like they did in the books is Suan is acting this way and telling Rand what the white tower is supposed to do with the dragon uh, and everything to entice him into a certain course of action, just like she did in the books. I right now think that that's kind of what they're trying to do in a more direct physical way. What I don't like about it is in the books, Suan channels at Rand not once to mm-hmm. like shield him or whatever. Like I think it, there at most there's one point where she like thacks, like thwacks him on the ass with like a weave of air. Because, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't because of like <laughs> Robert Jordan's like BDSM one uh, power ration for like spanking. Um, which by all means go for it, dude. Um, yeah, right. But in the books, I it feels like. Uh, some of the import and the gravitas of the Emerald Seat and just how commanding of a presence Suan is in the early books is her ability to influence and get things done with just her words. I get that in the TV show, they're limited on time, so it's not as easy yeah. to do. But I feel like, especially in the in the throne room when they met, that the shielding and then thereby kneeling of Rand was absolutely unnecessary. Um, and serve no purpose other than to mm-hmm. like be like a bully-ish type of I I'm more powerful than you. Um, and then it does the same thing again. Uh in the scene we were just talking about where they're in front of the waygate. And for me, it overall makes Suan as the Omerlin appear weaker to me than she was in the books. To the to the viewer. She's the same. She's no weaker or uh, if anything, she might actually come off as a little bit stronger because now she's using a bit of brute force. Um, But I'm not I'm not for it. So first and foremost, I want to come out as I agree with you, Andrew. I actually completely agree with you. I love the scene in the books in Valdara where she legitimately breaks Rand down with words. Mm. She is so smart she is so sword. Let me test the sword. About what she's doing, right? And and she knows people, and that's one of the things that Suwan does so well throughout the entire set of books. 
is that she knows people. And the one time she gets it wrong, she absolutely gets deposed. And that's kind of like a big deal. Mm -hmm. But like, she knows people. Her whole superpower through most of the books is her like network of human beings. She knows a thing or two because she's seen a thing or two. Yeah. But I will say, there is one exception that I am making to your statement. And that is that Mm. as of right now, you are absolutely correct. Let me say that out loud. As of right now, I could not agree with you more. But <laughs> there is one out. thing. I like the way that sounds. There is one <laughs> thing that after Demise Wells, how much more badass is it for Rand to have been knelt in front of the Amerlin seat by force? In his first meeting with her. True. That he then says what he says at that point in the books. And that's, again, right now, absolutely correct. You are so... Kneeling by force is like... Annoys me. The kneeling by force is like a bit of a proxy. Proxy by force. Because he's never experienced that. You know what what you're saying. Like it's, It's the same effect without the direct, like... She didn't, like, channel air and force him to his knees either time. No, no. He just but like she buckles at the knees and, from not yeah. being able to see Kate. or touch Sidene. No, I, to I, me, I, I like and again, it. that's actually one of the things yeah. that I want to throw out there. This is going to be my final thoughts, and I will actually legitimately make them relatively quick. I do not want to stand here and say, again, very much so, that the TV show is perfect. Matt is a clusterfuck right now. There are lots of other things that are happening that I do not think I would do the same way if I got to write it. If I was Sarah sitting in the room, I would be arguing the hell out of a number of things. That is absolutely true. I am probably the person on this podcast who actually thinks that the show is doing the best job, but I don't even think that they are perfect. That is absolutely true. Right, right. 100%. That being said, I think I am actually one of the people on this podcast and seemingly one of the people who is a book fan and has read all of these books that legitimately thinks that the people who are in the writer's room actually understand this story way better than people give them credit for. Again, you can disagree with that statement. I'm obviously very much not mad at that. I understand that that is a subjective thing. I am not trying to tell you how to think. It is simply how I feel. There are a number of things that people have complained about to the nth degree about this show that I think personally actually shows a real grasp of the themes that Robert Jordan is trying to tell with this story, which is one of the reasons that like people are really mad that Rafe Judkins has said things like, this is another turning. He has yeah. said things like, at least at this point in the story, I think that Egwene wow. is more of the main character. There are these statements that are extremely divisive to some people, and yet I completely agree with that statement as a spiritual thing. I really do. And granted, again... I'm not saying that even if you actually understand the spirit of the books, that they're doing it perfectly. No, 
there are problems, especially with things like COVID and losing an actor, but not exclusively. There were problems that were going to be true even before. There were problems in episodes one through six. There were. There are now problems in, you know, a number of episodes in season two that don't need to be true even with COVID. But to me, I think that Rafe and Sarah and team know what they're doing with this show to get you the things that are important. And while they're not always doing it right and they're not always doing my choices, I do actually feel like even if today it looks a little funny, even if today it looks a little off, there's enough in season two that pays off season one in ways that I think Robert Jordan would be proud of that I am really excited to see the stuff that pays off in season five from seasons one and two that Robert Jordan would be proud of. I'm not going to say that he's turning in his grave. I am not saying that he's going <laughs> to love that, that he would wake up tomorrow if he could come back to life and absolutely love every second of this show. But I do think that the spirit of what Robert Jordan was trying to communicate in his books is alive and well in this show. And while I would make plenty of changes, I disagree with a lot of people who stand there and say, this show is not okay. Yeah. And that Robert Jordan yeah. would not be okay with this show. And that it is not fitting with the themes of the books. That sure. is my soapbox. I am done. I am off of it. But I wanted to say that out loud. I, I actually like Great. where you're going with this for, for one very big reason. Um, because I've spent, and he is friend. Because he is friend. Why friend shape? I... <laughs> <laughs> no, I... <sighs> okay. I... We've talked to Sarah. Like, we've spent mm -hmm. time in her presence at JordanCon. We've mm -hmm. heard her direct comments in panels in the lobby at the hotel. I mean, we've spoken with her. We know she knows these books. She's been around for years. Rafe, like, I, I, I've not met him in person. Mm -hmm. I have not spent time with him at jordan con there have been Not no couch cons 20 <laughs> right right yeah, 25 yeah, yeah. i've not spent time with rafe that he's aware of <laughs> that he's aware of <laughs> he and i are he and i are dating in my mind um but the the the, the thing is as i've listened to maxim has entered the chat what <laughs> <laughs> You were seeing Josh on the side. <laughs> oh shit! Wow! Now I have to share. Now I have to share my love with that both with a warder and an Ashaman. This is bullshit. <laughs> so, so, but here's here's one thing I will say, along with where you're going with this, Daniel, and that is, you know, you, you made a comment about how do the writers understand the heart of the story? Yes, they do. I will agree with you on that 100%. The writers, the I people who are putting this story together 
for the most part, by and large, understand the very heart of what of the story that Robert Jordan told. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of one of the brilliant pieces of this story is okay. also its downfall, right? Because this story is so big and so complex that so many people can come in oh, yeah. and I'll say, I read this chapter and I got this out of it. Mm-hmm. And then someone else will be like, whoa, I read this chapter and I got this out of it. And this is why and we have a fucking a podcast. one gets the shit kicked out of her and we've her got smile at Moraine as she goes through the waygate, which I definitely <sighs> did not fucking see at all. No, I didn't see that either. I'm going to have to go back and where you watch, but there, it wasn't there. Stop everyone. Um, I mean, it might have. We may actually no. get that at some point, and I'm okay with that if it and, actually comes but, up later. But I didn't see it. The biggest, <laughs> the biggest thing that I've taken from from this TV show, for, first and foremost, non-readers love it. People who have not read the Wheel of Time books come into the TV show and go, "Holy shit, mm-hmm. this is awesome!" They love it. It is compelling, and that's great. <laughs> That's great because that means more readers. That means the story of the Wheel of Time is being shared with more people. And that is, by and large, the most incredible Robert amount Jordan of success I could, ever could ever have. But when I start looking at the different interpretations of different story points and plot points, I have to acknowledge that Sarah... Rafe, Guy Roberts, like the people, you know, even even you know Yosha and Daniel Henney and all these. Don't people you that put have, that evil on Guy? How dare you? <laughs> the people who have read these books, guess what? Each one of them has their own unique interpretation of how these books played out. Mm-hmm. And to some people, they read these books and they go, "Oh yeah, you know what, Rand and Egwene." Mm. They deserve to be together, and it's just not right in this turning of the wheel. And I I hear that, and I'm repulsed. I'm like, absolutely not. No. Rand and Egwene, no. They were not a choice. They were a lack of options. They were two backwoods yokels with nothing else in the world and didn't understand what love was, and they were all but betrothed since... No. Absolutely not. But my <laughs> take... Farmersonly.com. Right. My take on that situation is completely different than someone else's. Now, I don't get to look at someone else and say, well, you're wrong. I mean, you do. Because they're not. Because this is America, but also... (laughs) Okay, I don't get to look at someone else and say you're wrong without looking like a major tool. Okay, yeah. No, I agree with that. (laughs) If I want to not be a major tool, I can say... Are we talking Snap-on, DeWalt, Black & (laughs) Decker? <laughs> DeWalt, talking absolutely. DeWalt, uh, the ones who took power tools to space. DeWalt. Oh, that sounds like a good insult. If you were a tool, you'd be hyper tough. <laughs> if, you, if you were a tool, you'd be Ryobi. No, I just, I look, I get it. And, and so I'm constantly looking at the TV show going, okay, you know what? This is someone else's interpretation. So when I say things like, Lanfear leading Moraine and Lan and Rand through the ways to Falm is dumb. 
I think it is a hundred percent. I think that is dumb because mm-hmm. Lanfear comes in and says, okay, now I'm going to kill Moraine because then told you the next time I saw you and Rand goes, no, don't. Why not? Just don't. Okay. And then Moraine sworn enemy of all the forsaken just goes, okay, let's go to Falm. No, and it was don't. It, to oh, me every day you're becoming more like the man I love. Right. Okay. I guess we can all buddy trip to foam. <laughs> they have <laughs> great cocktails there. You guys are gonna love them. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you afterwards, though. Okay. I just but we're gonna travel all this way together first. <laughs> Come with. Rand me is in no position to make demands. Night. Anyway. Anyway. Point is that is someone's interpretation is in the of only the best way to make demands. That is and someone's interpretation of the those. best way to move the story forward. For me, we've made a departure from source material. Speci- and and hold on, I want to spe- I want to specify. Uh huh. I don't because we've mean- made so many difference. You got to talk about this one. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I'm I, I'm we're talking about this one because that's just where the mm-hmm. show gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. I didn't even get to make some of my other points, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Um. But the but but the oh, thing is, we are going to talk about this more. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. It's like we've got a podcast or something. I know, um, right? I I, I <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I've just been fired from the Black Tower podcast. Watch me delete everything. No, just kidding. Um. Oh shit! That's right. He does have the password. <laughs> Retract order sixty six. Before you order me next time, dumb dumb. Oh, um, right. Yes. How about take a lesson learned by another show and change? <clears throat> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> now look, it it when I say things are dumb, I I'm I'm not gonna say it's dumb for clout. I'm gonna say it's dumb because I think it's dumb. Now, and that's the when only I say, reason that you're not fired from this podcast. Continue. When I say <laughs> oh. something's dumb, I am not saying. The showrunners are ruining the wheel of time, and Robert John is rolling in his. Cr- I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you're denying it I, so hard. It kind of sounds like you're saying that. Like <laughs> this piece of the show. I don't like this piece of the show. I love but you. guess don't what? Me. <laughs> me My ass is still going to be watching. Protest too much, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> me thinks the lady doth protest too much. No, I just right. I'm just saying I, it's it's not it's not throwing shade at Rafe. It's not throwing shade at Sarah. Mm-hmm. It's not th- the only person I will say, well the person, the only thing I will throw shade at is whatever unholy entity is in charge of saying 15 books. Yeah, you can, can do, do that, that in, in eight, like eight, eight, episodes. eight episodes. Yeah, yeah. Eight episodes. Yeah, you're good with eight episodes. Cool. Go for it. Uh, and somewhere between that's garbage. Four episodes and eighty. It's stupid. Eight episodes is garbage. Eight episodes is ruining television. And guess what? Hollywood, just keep it up, baby. And when nobody's watching your shit anymore, and you're going, what? People just don't like going to the movies anymore. No, it's because you're creating garbage content. Hey, Amazon. People just don't want to work anymore. Stop bickering over merch and get the merch out, and you will guarantee generate any of the revenue you need for at least two more. Or, here's a crazy idea. Let the original artists start producing merch again. It's weird, like weird thought. Weird thought. They will happily give you a percentage to a certain extent. 
<laughs> I swear to God. Bring back Severe and Tees. I miss those guys. Please! There are so many shirts that I wanted. And Badali jewelry because I lost my original set of pins I bought from them. Uh, yeah, well, Badali yeah, has you pins, do, don't they? Andrew. Badali has pins again. Oh, do they? Yeah, I think so. Oh, well, I got the you know what you could do, Andrew, is Nancy. you could just get your own skirt. Oh, snap! <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, my final thoughts. Um, yes, please. Episode seven, in some ways, is, is absolute <laughs> fucking whiplash. Um, because we get incredible boxing callbacks like Guitara Moroso, and then we get more rain and land following land fear and ran into the way gate. And I'm like, uh, uh, uh. <clears throat> um, but uh, one of the things, uh, so episode seven, we get maybe the most wholesome and heartwarming introductions to the relationship between Moraine and Suwon in yes. the cold open. And it is very sweet. It is very heartwarming. It is. It fills your heart with happiness. Only and to have it end, wrenched away because fucking yeah, Robert Jordan. <laughs> with well, with one of the most heart wrenching, I think, scenes. And this, to me, it's the the main whiplash of episode seven. To go from this really happy couple to them fighting each other. And it's heartbreaking to watch Moraine plead with Suwon to not force her to close the way gate. And Suwon, in the moment, mm -hmm. is extremely cold and determined mm -hmm. and forces her to do it. Mm -hmm. But once it's done and Moraine turns around and looks at her with this look of absolute heartbreak, Suwon can't even look her in the eye. Mm-hmm. Like, just imagine that. The Omerlin seat is so ashamed of what she just did that she can't even look a banished Aes Sedai who just got their ability to channel back in the eye, as strong as Suan is. And I, I like the idea that the, the chat's bringing up, the card brought up, that maybe it's a ruse. I think ultimately, overall... I, I don't think it's a ruse as in Moraine and I talked and planned this. It may be one of those I trusted you to know what needs to happen kind of ruse things that's like, we didn't plan this, but we know each other so well, it's almost like we planned it kind of bullshit things. Maybe. No. But no. in the moment where Suwon actually uses the oaths from the oath rod to absolutely compel and force Moraine's actions. Suwon is incredibly ashamed. And it's worth noting that she also admonished the shit out of Moraine for threatening to transfer the bond for with Lan to Alana without his consent. And then absolutely compels Moraine to do exactly what she said using the O's on the oath rod. And if you don't feel like personal shit after doing that kind of stuff, then uh, you don't have any human compassion and you shouldn't be in a leadership yep. role uh, to begin Especially with. Especially since the Oathrod banishment was meant as a ruse. Yes. 
It was never it was never supposed to be a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like, look, yeah, Andrew, you've nailed it. I'm sorry, I know I'm jumping in. Yeah. Andrew, you've nailed it. No, the acting, I, you can't. Nobody can say the acting is not mm. great. Nobody can. Oh. Nobody can rationally say that the acting is not great. Mm-hmm. That, oh, yeah. my! Uh, the only person who could have acted that scene better is Billy Zane. <laughs> I agree. With Hashtag direct, bring back. You know what? With a direct you know what? word, for is word ruining word. the show because he didn't bring Billy Zane back. Yeah. Um. But no, Rose hey, didn't hey, tell hey, it because, hey, like, hey, how about you shut your whore mouth? Rafe is gonna bring back Billy at some point. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, Rosamond killed it because, like, just that fucking look back, like that slow, stuttery look back. At somebody that, like, y'all have had this incredible amount of secretive trust in this very, very long relationship. Like, that heartbreak looked worse than the you cheated on me after 20 years of marriage heartbreak. Like, mm-hmm. that shit fucking hurt. Also, um, can we talk about really, like, let's not actually talk about it, but I, I just want to mention out loud for a moment. I loved the cinematic thing of having uh moraine and granted i mean she had just gotten her power back she was kind of flexing like we all get that i appreciate that i'm not saying it didn't exist but her sitting there and doing the whole like hand motions thing and blah 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 and getting the way gate open and having the avendasora leaf like around her and whatnot beautiful and then she closes it again and land fear walks in and then goes cool way gate motherfucker like that I loved that that was like a moment where they just, again, for the umpteenth time so far in this show, just showed you how much goddamn scarier. Well, there was also Lanfear and the other Forsaken are that it took Moraine 35, 45, 55 full seconds to go ahead and actually open the way gate. And Lanfear was like, Cool. I'm gonna tear that open in a second. <laughs> Eat your heart out. Like, well, there's also like the difference in how she opens it with the the nice intricate movements and how yes, she's compelled to close it. And it looks other. You know, all you do is change your arms from being straight out, like like hers were. Because I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how to camera right now, but straight out like this. <laughs> now, if you just take and rotate them in like this, <gasps> you look just like the Demone. Oh, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so bad. Um. And oh, of no, course, it would be a miss for me to not, in my final thoughts, also include my girl, Avienda. Hey, taking that, taking that ass whooping like a boss, like a bouse. That was fantastic. I I love Ayula so Smart good. is absolutely killing Avienda while extrapolating on the culture of Aiel. Yeah, no, she's legitimately seen. killing Avienda. She's walking into fights being like, hey, you got to beat the shit out of me. She's killing Avienda. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Jordan is rolling it. over There's... in his grave. Shut yeah. your whore mouth. <laughs> um, for the sake of the Fantasy League, I love that we finally got to see Bane and Chiod. Bruh. Um, Dude, and, okay, I'm going to say something that is each getting us 100 ever points so in episode slightly eight. uncouth because I am in a committed relationship and whatnot and that is true and i don't want anyone to hear that that's not accurate or anything like that. <laughs> but 
y'all motherfuckers can have Lanfear. She's awesome. She's great at acting, and I actually really love that actress. She's very attractive. She is incredible at playing a badass bitch. But the second Bane and Chiad showed up on screen, I was like, Mommy? Sorry. Mommy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you. I just love whenever uh, Avina was like, Bane will be very sad. Chiad? Does not care. Will not care. Yeah, does not care. <laughs> it's like this one is sad. She cannot take a ride on your disco stick. This well, other one does not give two shit on your on your and red. I rocket. love. I love how they clearly are doing combinations, but also fan service. Because again, the story of Perrin meeting that ideal is gall. Yeah. That story is gall. We all know that. We all appreciate that. We all have gall in our hearts to a certain degree. And I'm not saying that he can't show up later and be what Perrin needs to him to be later in the story so that Avienda doesn't need to be. I, I know that that is still technically possible, but at the same time, that meeting story is gall. But also, like, the fact that Bane and Shiad are not are our first sisters but are not on the same page as far as like love interests. And so Bane will be, Bane will be disappointed. Chiad will not care. Like that was such a wonderfully put gall moment. Yes. They evened it out because the first two IL we ever met in the show were both in cages. And one of those two was dead. Correct. Correct. Now, now only 50% of the IL we have met have been in cages. First two live IL we met. No. Yeah. And three quarters (laughs) have been alive. So, but yeah. Anyway, well, all right, guys. Uh, we talk about with episode seven, but we're we're well over or oh, at yeah. slash overtime. Um, yes. Yeah. So I, I can't wait. For if you guys have more to, to say, again, I want to throw out there. The reason that we talk about this show is because we love these books. The reason that a lot of people I know out there talk about this show and have issues or don't have issues or things like that is because we love these books. Let me be very, very, very clear that if you are a book cloak, we don't have a ton of say. (laughs) We don't actually have a ton to say to you if you're a book cloak. Because when it comes right down to it, there are a lot of things that, as Josh mentioned earlier, and I want to say out loud again, there are a lot of things that are in your headcanon that are your headcanon. And that is absolutely fine. I am not telling you that your headcanon can't be your headcanon. But to try and make your headcanon everyone else's or the objectively correct headcanon is incredibly selfish. It is. Don't insert your definitions of what you perceive something to be into what it is, because Correct. there, there are only uh, two instances in the entirety of the Will of Time books where Robert Jordan references, because this was the big debate when the casting was first announced. There's only two instances in the entire book series where Robert Jordan references skin color, for example, and one is in reference to a singular character. Mm-hmm. And the other one is in reference to people that live on boats. Yarp. And even then, he only uses the phrase <coughs> dark brown skin. Yep. For every other culture in the entirety of the Willa Time averse, he refers to them by 
At best, defining traits being the shape of eyes or hair color. Mm-hmm. At best, or height. But the, the key focus is on cultural differences. So, yes. just because you read pale or paler as a certain description of uh, pick a skin color or whatever, if you must, because that's just who uh, you are. It doesn't mean that because that is a def- that is a description of a spectrum of from pale to not pale. So yep. keep that in mind next time I, you want to sit there. And also when you say we should never change anything from the books, um, yeah. you should you should probably go and look at how much from Eye of the World got changed, retconned, and altered in the remainder of the series and many other books yeah. uh, by the And author. also, for example, maybe take a page out of the most famous and popular uh, adaptation to ever hit the screen. Bruh, if they had actually made a shot-for-shot remake of The Lord of the Rings, nobody would have watched it. Oh, yeah. Again, I'm not saying that The Wheel of Time is The Lord of the Rings. I'm not saying that. I can hear that, and I'm not actively saying that out loud. But also, if what you wanted was a shot-for-shot remake, you're probably wrong. Uh, Anyway. I will say this, too. Just as as one final thing. Remake would be terrible. We literally have evidence. <laughs> Culture Sorry, and race are two vastly different things. What? And if you come to me and start saying how it's multicultural in the Wheel of Time, I'm going to say, duh, that's the point. And you're not going to get anywhere with me. So, Yarp. anyway. Anyway. Thanks, everybody. Don't be a dick. Get your head out of your ass. There's no reason to be hateful, especially in 2023. And uh, what year is this? Just like. Just like the rest of us, nobody's, nobody's singular opinion is actually that important. So Correct. they're all equally important and equally unimportant. Unless you're just full of hate, then your opinion is less than unimportant. It's tarnished. Um, it doesn't even register on the radar. Um, you're like, I don't know, a certain massive country invading a much smaller country and failing horribly in terms of your That opinion. happened. I don't know what you're talking about. That's Thanks definitely not a real life example. You don't show up Thanks. on radar. You don't Thanks know everybody for being here. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Carriers. Thanks for being awesome. Thanks for joining us, and we go on this wheel of time journey. Uh, thanks for uh, being so amazing. Whilst we dole out this week's dose of taint, and we hope that uh, wherever you are out there in the wheel of time universe, uh, you leave here just a wee bit more insane than you were when you first arrived. From all of us here at the Black Tower, my name has been Josh, and I have been your Sorbonne Mahale. And also, if you're one of our fantastic, lovely patrons and you're listening to this live, or you come back and listen to this later, let us know, what do you think? Do you like it whenever we do the live recordings exclusively on Discord? Do you like it if we do it exclusively on YouTube as this private live stream? Or... Would you like the combination of both? We're doing the combination of both right now where you can choose to just listen in Discord or you can choose to just listen and or watch on YouTube during the private stream. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on the Discord. Email us at blacktowerpod.com. Hit us us. Blacktowerpod.com is the website. Blacktowerpod at gmail.com for the email. Uh, At Tower Podcast (laughs) on Twitter. Send us a direct message there. Um, Or, of course, you can message us directly on Patreon. Uh, and let us know what you think, because ultimately, a lot of the stuff we do for Patreon, we want to make sure you enjoy and that you feel that you are getting 
what you're putting into it. Um, we don't want you to feel like you're just throwing money at a lost cause, even though we know how much of a lost cause at least one of the three of us are. Take your pick at who that is. But uh, I have been, I have been your definitely not lost cause, Mahal, your Bajan Mahal, Andrew, and I have been your Amon Khan Mahal, Daniel. And from all of us here at the Black Tower, thank you again for being here, especially to our patrons, but also everyone else as well. You are what makes the Wheel of Time Averse go round. <laughs> you are not a spoke in the wheel. You are what turns the wheel. And from all of us here at the Black Tower Podcast, thank you. Have a lovely morning. And in case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And whatever happens, face it on your feet. Unless you're tired, then just kneel. It's fine. Always watching, always running the show. Trouble just fitting.